Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of Women's Football Success. This is episode 1917, and thank you for being here. I'm your host, Lynn Marie Liberty Ellington. And just to share with you, in case you guys have not listened to other episodes, um, I am co-owner of the Dallas Elite Women's Football Team, and I am also an attorney in Arkansas. So my disclaimer is, while I'm an attorney, I'm not your attorney. All the information that I provide on this radio show and our blog and our digital material and our eBooks, et cetera, is all business information. None of it is to be thought of as legal advice. Therefore, we do not have an attorney-client relationship. If you have an issue that needs an attorney, please find an attorney in your jurisdiction where you do business that has expertise in business law. With that being said, this is actually going to be episode 1917. I didn't do an episode last week. And so BJ, shout out to BJ with Blog Talk, uh, with the JC Hawk Network. Um, She will backdate this episode to 1917. I had a lot going on last week. We all had a lot going on last week. So I'll share a little bit about that with you guys as to why this is a post-dated radio show. And then I'm going to get into some topics that I feel are very, very important in women's football. But I'm going to go back. I'm going to do the week five scores so that this is on track and people are getting this. um, If they're listening to this later in the week or later in the month, then we are kind of consistent with the information that we're providing. So I'm going to talk about week five in the WFA the scores, um, and then talk about the different things that happened this week uh, with the Dallas Elite logo, Um, and then uh, I want to talk to you guys about what your women's football team is worth. What is the value of your women's football team? So I'm going to work on that, and then uh, I'll go into what's going to happen in the next uh, three episodes of women's football uh, success. Real quick, I'm going to go back here. I'm going to talk about week five in the WFA. If you are, this is your first time hearing about women's football, shout out. Um, It's awesome. There's nothing like women's football. I feel that it is the ultimate female empowerment. Um, It's a sport that you can be all shapes and sizes. You can have different skill levels. You can come from different backgrounds and you can all work together as one to create a team, build a strong family, and um, work towards a championship. So for all those people that are listening and love women's football, um, go to WFAProFootball.com. That is the Women's Football Alliance, the largest, best, and biggest, uh, and most awesome league there is. I've been in the league for for a while now, and um, we we were in there in the league in 2008, 9, 10. And then uh, we're now back for, I guess it's 17, I guess it's 18 and 19 is what it's considered. So I'm gonna share with you some things about uh, week five, run down the scores and then we'll go from there. Let me go ahead and put this right here. Hold on just a second. Somebody's getting ready to come in the door. So I'm going to move in here so my assistant can talk to them. And that way I can still stay on the radio for you guys. Because i got to get this done today or it's not going to get done. Okay, so hold on just a second. I'm going to pause real quick and I'll come right back. Let's okay, I think that's my groceries being delivered. So I'm going to let them get that. And... Let's talk about week five. Sorry about that, guys. I just kind of had to move around so I didn't have to stop in the middle of this. Okay, so week five. Well, for the Dallas lead, it was a rough week, but let's go down. I'm going to go down the list as you can find it on WFA Pro Football under game info, under schedules and scores. So week five was May 4th. I miss talking about that one, so let's do that. So the Boston Renegade went to the New York Wolves and beat them 40 to 13. 
Philly Phantoms went to Columbus Comets and got beat 40-6. to Let's see here. Baltimore Nighthawks went to Pittsburgh Passion and were beat 34 to zip. I have to check and see which um, division there. I know the Pittsburgh Passion is Division 3, so that's interesting. Um, the Connecticut Hawks beat the New York Knockouts 38 to zip. The Columbus Vanguards went to Toledo, shout out Toledo, Ohio, and beat them 47 to seven. I really wanna go see a Toledo Rain game if I can do it sometime in my life, um, just because of the history and longevity of the Toledo women's football. Anyway, back on topic, the Grand Rapids Tidal Waves, zero to the Wisconsin Dragons, 20. So I'm betting the Dragons are pretty happy this last week. Um, Cleveland Fusion, 6, went to Detroit Dark Angels, 21, so the Dark Angels won. Shout out, um, I also saw that the Detroit Dark Angels were featured in a Nike commercial, so um, they were part of that Nike commercial. Shout out to them. The South Carolina Smash scored 34 against the Richmond Black Widows, 52, so I know the Black Widows are pretty stoked about that. Now, the DC Divas hosted the Tampa Bay Inferno and beat them 71 to 30. So a very high scoring game. Um, I bet the people in the stands were just amazed at um, the high scores. St. Louis Slam, 77, beat Iowa Phoenix to zero. 77 to zip. Mississippi Royalty, went to Acadiana Zydeco and beat them 42 to six. The Arlington, or I'm sorry, blah, 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 the Arkansas Wildcats hosted the Tulsa Threat. Shout out to the Wildcats, shout out to the Threat. But the Wildcats won 34 to zip, okay? The Houston Outlaws, I'm sorry, I'm reading this wrong. The Austin Outlaws went to Houston Power and beat them 14 to six. Now the Houston Energy came to the Dallas Elite and beat us 44 to zip. It was it was crazy. We would not go running clock. We refused to do the running clock and we were trying to do everything we could to get up, but it just didn't work. The Arlington Impact kicked butt and beat the county camel camel county camos 70 to zip. Cali War uh, hosted Portland Shockwave and beat them 56 to 7. The South Oregon Lady Gates, I was checking to see if this was a forfeit, but it wasn't. Um, I had it down differently there, so I apologize for that. South Oregon Lady Gates hosted the Oregon Hawks and beat them 34 to 2. The Rocky Mountain Thundercats in Colorado Springs, Colorado, hosted Las Cruces de la Muerte and beat them 35 to 22. And then we had a big blowout, Sin City Trojans, 48, hosted the Phoenix Phantoms, zero. And then the Nevada Storm went to Utah Blitz and beat them and at their home, 28 to zero. The Kern County Crusaders um, handled the East Eastern Sierra Mustangs 37 to 14. And then the Vixens, I, I can't wait to see this game, but the Vixens um, beat the Kansas City Titans 7 to zip. And then there was a forfeit here where the Music City Misfits got a forfeit from the Tennessee Diamondbacks. So, wow, um, a lot of games. I just want to put it out there. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 23 games. One of those is a forfeit. So, 22 games, one forfeit, total of 23 games this week. So, 
WFA, busy, busy, busy every week. Uh, real quick, while I'm looking at this, I want to uh, do a shout out for the WFAProFootball.com. Um, up on their website, they have joined the WFA. If you are all, at all interested in having a team in women's football, I want you to check out the WFAProFootball.com. Click on join the join the WFA. Um, the league is always seeking new teams that are interested in playing uh, professional women's tackle football. Brand new teams, veteran teams, whatever it is. Um, but I want to share with you the divisions, division one and two, um, what they get, etc. And division three is more of a developmental team, new teams specifically. Um, and then what I do as director of team development is I reach out to the various teams um, and try to guide them, help them with uh, questions, answers, strategies, suggestions on how to build a women's football team. I will tell you that one of my goals, and I talked about this before, but one of my goals with coming back into the WFA women's football was uh, this year was to reduce the number of forfeits uh, because it hurts the the image of the team, the organization, and it hurts the image of the league. So, but we also understand that it does happen. Numbers get low, or teams something happens that was unexpected to where the team decides they were on the roster. For example, the the crush, um, they were set locked in, and just you know when things came down to the the beginning of the season, they said we're not going to be able to. Um, do this. So um, I understand that, but the idea and the goal is to be able to get the teams to a place where um, we have minimal forfeits. Sometimes it still happens, but I, and when I say that, I cannot do that. I cannot um, reduce the number of forfeits. It's actually the teams and the players and the coaching staff that can do that. But what I try to do is, um, provide resources to help them, uh, to help all teams. Um, like I said, we are supposed to be enemies or uh, fighting each other on the football field. I get that. Um, but ultimately, we are all uh, one in this industry. And so we need to show a great product um, to the community. So forfeits are not good for us. And I have to say that I'm really, really impressed with the owners and their interest in not having forfeits. Um, and I feel that, I don't know the exact numbers because I haven't been counting it week to week, but we're, um, we're we finished week five, we're going into week six, and I'm curious to know how many um, forfeits we've had compared to years past. So really excited about that. But let's see here, hold on just a second. I just saw something that the WFA added and I gotta look at it real quick, sorry. Hold on. Okay, I'm gonna have to read that later because that's that's pretty good. Okay, so what I wanna talk about today, because it's a topic of conversation quite often in women's football, I wanna talk about what your team is worth. How much is your team worth? How much is women's football worth, okay? Wait, before I go through that, sorry, I'm getting off my agenda. I wanted to talk to you guys about what happened last week. So um, I've had several people reach out um, talking about uh, the situation with Burmy, um, not being able to use our logo, the situation with uh, the Dallas Elite not being able to use their logo. So I wanted to share with you a little bit about that. I'm not going to get into too much detail because um, I'm going to put the full story out there, complete A to Z. Um, and so I want you to understand. So what happened to us was our social media was contacted. First, it was social media. Our Twitter account was contacted. Um, and then our Instagram, our Facebook um, and then ultimately our facilities were contacted 
by individuals that claim that they own our logo or they own the artwork that our logo is based on, I think is what their claim is. Because these same people tried to trademark our logo and were denied the trademark. Logos are not copyrighted, they're trademarked, okay? So when that did not work in getting our trademark, they copyrighted the artwork that was used for our logos. So ultimately, when they contacted our social media, they could show that they owned that artwork, right? With that being said, we worked quickly, had a new logo created, because what was happening was they were attempting to lock up our social media. If anybody knows anything about Twitter, Instagram, etc., they get a report that somebody's uh, infringing on a copyright, they lock it up, they stop it, then they ask questions. We, being in the end of April, beginning of May, uh, cannot afford to have our social media locked up like that. So we quickly made a new logo, put it out there on our website so that people like Burmy, people like the WFA, um, also all the social media, um, we could keep open because what was trying to be done or what they tried to do was lock up our social media so we could not communicate to our fans, our families, our customers, potential customers, potential players. Um, so that's what was they were trying to do. Um, it did not work. Um, Twitter and Facebook took several images off of our Facebook page. Um, but we are in the process of appealing the decision from Facebook and Twitter. With that being said, we needed to move on. We actually had to, we um, put vinyl over our logos on our uniforms. We put tape over our logos on our helmets. Um, our facilities were then contacted and told that if they played games against us, that they would be sued. Um, that's not the case. Uh, I'm sorry. Teams that were playing against us were, were communicated to via email, I guess, or letter, um, that they could not play us or they would be um, included in copyright infringement. Not true. The facilities were also called, our, our fields were called, or not called, but sent letters to. The board of the school that we play at was communicated to that we were infringing on someone else's artwork. Um, all in all, we played all those games. We'll continue to play our games um, and uh, see what happens going forward. But I wanted to share with you guys why our logo was not being used at this time. With that being said, um, uh, there, there's some people that are like, well, you know, why even fight about it? What's the big deal? You know, um, other people are like, teams split. You know, it happens. Other people understand that they have a business that has a value. So I will share with you, I'm going to, I'm going to go through some details about what your team is worth so that people can understand this business concept. And I struggle with this because there are still teams out there that look at women's football as a hobby, as a fun rec thing, physical fitness, etc. And some of the players even feel that way too. That's completely fine. But with 65 teams or whatever it is in the WFA, we need to start looking at this as a business and realize that there is value, there is significant value, and there's significant opportunity in women's football. 
So I'm going to talk to you a little bit. I got a couple different things here that I wanted to talk to you about. Okay, so there's a couple different things that I'm going to share with you about valuing a business. Now, first of all, let's talk about women's football. With teams splitting up and separating and creating new names or leagues um, having two and three and four of the four teams in the same area, people need to understand that that devalues, immediately devalues the business that is already in existence. Think about it. How do I say it? So when somebody sets up a business, let's say in a long strip mall, okay? There are provisions in the contract that other companies that are same or similar cannot be in the same strip mall. So typically you can see when you drive by a strip mall, uh, there might be a restaurant or two, but it has to be different restaurants, right? There might be a massage therapy, a nail salon, a hair salon, I don't know, other uh, physical fitness gym, a grocery store, variety of different things in that area, right? Most of the contracts say that they cannot put a competing um, business there. Now, as you go around your community and you're looking around in the next couple of days, look at the different things. You can tell which ones had that in their contract or not. Because if there's two nail salons that are like back to back or within three doors of each other, then either they, the buildings are owned by different people and there's a disagreement as to what they can have in there or their contract didn't say anything about having similar businesses. But as you drive around, you'll look and see that there's you know a smoke shop, a tattoo shop, a pawn shop, a gas station. Um, now gas stations, you know, sometimes you have them on all four corners, right? Um, but typically they're competing businesses and they offer different products. Women's football is similar to the strip mall. Each time you put in, if I put in three nail salons in that strip mall, it is not going to help any of the nail salons gain value or increase profits and revenue from the community. They'll all be sharing the same customers. Now I did that example and some people are gonna say, well, you know, this is a this is actually a, a product business and um, it has nothing to do with strip malls. I know, it doesn't have anything to do with strip malls. I'm trying to give examples that people can understand that can get them to realize that their women's football team has a value and by having competing teams come in, it devalues your product, right? Okay. Let's talk about what things in your business have value, okay? A lot of people just think that your football equipment has value. The, the practice pads that you play with, uh, that you do your practices with, those have a value, right? But you may have spent 200 bucks, 300 bucks on that. Not a big deal. Um, what about the helmets and shoulder pads? Do they have value? Do, do you have some helmets and shoulder pads that are part of your football team in addition to the players having their own? So do the players rent from you and they're your inventory? Or do the players buy their own and it's their product? It, it's, it depends, right? Um, let's talk about jerseys. Some teams keep all their jerseys. Don't let the players have them. Wash them and have them ready for the next uh, game. Shout out to Brian Wiggins. Uh, that's the first time I'd heard of that. It's a great idea. Um, not sure if we'll do it, but um, I do like it that uh, different owners are doing different things and, and creating some um, interesting concepts with regards to uh, assets. Because people, when you think about that, it might be, oh, well, he's just trying to keep track of the the jerseys because um, he doesn't want them to get lost or stolen or whatever. But those jerseys have a value to his business, 
what about your logo? What about your list of contacts? What about your documents, your paper, your office supplies, your computers? Do those have value? Do those mean anything to anybody? They absolutely do. So if you allow somebody to take your logo or you allow them to take your football equipment, they are taking assets from your organization, okay? I hope this is kind of ringing true to people that um, have been in women's football for a while and they're not sure if their organization has a value or if it's even worth anything, you know, if it even is a business of sorts. So I want to get into kind of the nitty gritty and this gets kind of bland, but I want to give examples um, of how it relates to women's football. Now, real quick, I am also an attorney, like I said, but I do business consulting to team to, I do business consulting to organizations that are not in trouble. So I am an attorney to organizations that are in trouble, but I am a business consultant to businesses that um, want to do things before they get in trouble, right? I call it preventative law, if you, if you will, or business consulting. So, but I'm going to relate those concepts that I use for all of my small businesses to help you understand the value of your business as a women's football team, okay? There's lots of ways to value a business. There's no right way, but there are several wrong ways to value a business. Ultimately, the business is worth whatever you think it's worth. If you feel that you have no equipment, you have no contacts, you have no um, products or services or, or, or inventory, then you're right. You have no worth. Your business isn't worth anything. Um, but if you can change your mindset just a little bit and understand that the things that you have within your business have value, your water bottles, your coolers, your wagons that you pull the stuff in, your, your tents, your tables, all of that has a value and a worth that adds up to the worth of the business. One way that you can look at your business is start by looking at the value of its assets. What does your business own? Inventory, equipment, those are the things that I've been talking about thus far. How much are they worth? After all, if you had to buy all of that same stuff to start up a new, brand new team from scratch, the business would have to pay money for those items. So the business is worth at least the replacement cost of the products you have, of the equipment, of the tables, chairs, inventory, etc. Um, if you have a balance sheet from your accountant or you do your accounting yourself or bookkeeping, etc., your balance sheet can be a good indicator of the value of your company's assets. Now, when I say that, I know that about 80% of the women's football teams are going, what is a balance sheet? I get it. You know, I know that this is happening. That's why we need to legitimize women's football, get it up into the business industry that it is and build it up from there. So if you don't have a balance sheet, um, I'm going to hold a class on accounting that you guys can participate in. Um, it's going to be a basic class. I'm not getting you guys to be CPAs or anything, but um, it is very, very important as a business owner to understand these things. Um, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Ignorance is not a defense. So if the IRS is claiming that you've miscalculated or you're going to be audited, 
not knowing that you were supposed to do something is not a defense. It's not going to be an excuse. And the law does not see it that way. They see it as you are a business owner and therefore you have this, these traits or these skills and these responsibilities and duties. I hope that makes sense to you guys because business is serious. And if you're treating this as a hobby, you're going to get into big, big trouble. Let me just give you a scenario here, okay? You are a women's football team and you supply the helmets to the players who then gets a massive concussion and you didn't have them sign a contract. I mean, these are the uh, red flags, right? You should be woo-woo, red flag here, red flag there. All these things are big no-nos. If you are dealing with a regular, normal business, if you are, okay, so let's say you are in the cleaning business and you provide the vehicle for the cleaners to get to the cleaning jobs. And that vehicle is not repaired properly, is not maintained properly. Can you be in trouble? Yes. Why is that not different than providing somebody a helmet that was not maintained? It's the same, guys. It really is the same. You know, obviously, it's a, a, a larger scale, an automobile, and you know, but it's your equipment. If you fail to maintain it as a business owner, ignorance is not a defense. So we need to start taking this stuff seriously. Now, let's go back to the balance. So if your company doesn't have a good set of books with a balance sheet, income statement, um, think twice before you buy that business. Um, but if you are a women's football team and you are not doing this right now, get it done. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Get it done. Okay. But the balance sheet is typically a, a good indicator of the worth, at least replacement value wise, right? Uh, let, so let's talk about, there's other ways to value your business. One of those approaches is stream of cash, cash flow. Um, and they would value the business by trying to come up with the worth of the stream of cash flow. Revenue is the most basic approximate number or value for your business worth. Revenue. If your business sells $100,000 per year, you can think of it as a $100,000 revenue stream. If your stream is $5,000 a year, you have a $5,000 revenue stream. In some industries, businesses are valued by their revenue stream multiplied by a value, some multiple of their revenue. Typically, it depends on the industry. So when one industry might be multiplied at two times sales, three times sales, one time sales. If you've heard this before, um, it's very common. The issue that we have in women's football is, what's the multiple for our industry? We don't know it. Nobody knows it. But business brokers, like somebody that's going out there to sell a, a business, Whatever industry it is, restaurant business, cleaning business, errand service, hair salon, there will be a multiple times the sales that that business is worth. And that can be the amount that that business is trying to get for selling the business. A lot of times, though, they add on to that. So there might be a two times sales plus additional things, plus the logo, plus the value plus the uh, goodwill, which we haven't talked about yet. A lot of people don't know about what goodwill is in, in the community. 
the issue with valuing your business by uh, a number times the revenue or revenue stream is it does not take into account expenses. So you could make $4 million in a year and have $3 million in expenses. So if you just take the revenue as the crudest, most basic approximation of the business worth, you would say $4 million. But that doesn't mean profit, right? That's why earnings matter and why uh, multiples of earnings may be a better way of thinking of the value of the business. So if you have four or five or six revenue streams, but you always need to take into account the expenses. We're talking profit versus revenue, okay? There's a difference. If you guys don't know the difference, revenue is just the money coming in, just buckets of money coming in. The profit is after you subtract, you know, so, okay, so let's talk about women's football. Your biggest, maybe, revenue stream should be your gate sales. So you got all those buckets of money coming through the gate sales. However, you have to subtract your referees, your announcer, your field expenses. All those things come off of your gate sales. So revenue does not mean profit. Okay. Some people also just estimate the earnings um, that they think are going to happen for the next few years. So this is uh, really post-dated or, or um, future, looking into the future and saying, okay, if I made 10000 this year, then I can expect 12000 next year and 14000 the next year. The issue with that in women's football is we don't know um, because teams are on top one season and they're mediocre or at the bottom or wherever in the standings the next season. So you can't guarantee that what uh, you get in revenue and ticket sales this year is going to be even close to what it was last year, right? So you cannot assume that your earnings are going to be stable. Um, there are very there's a lot of factors, varying factors, competition, supplier pricing changes, declines in the industry. Um, people might not be as interested in coming to see you um, play football next year as they did this year. Competition, like I talked about earlier, is you get two or three other teams in the surrounding area, then they are going to uh, suck off a lot of your um, fans. Let's talk about supplier prices. For example, um, I know in our league, there was a change in price for Huddle, and um, I forget the other name that we went to. I want to say Kickstart, but Kickstart is the GoFundMe stuff. Um, but when the prices change, it's important to realize that, oh, here's an example. Last year, our camera, uh, our video was free. This year, we decided to implement a new camera system and it costs us about $300 a game. Supplier price changes, right? So those are typically the ways that you can value the business. There's another more complicated way um, that is used in more sophisticated uh, business industries. I'm not really gonna get into that. I will just share it with you in case you see it somewhere but it's called the discounted cash flow analysis. And it gets into dividing your current yearly earnings by the long-term treasury bill rate. That's, that's looking out futuristic. And um, I, I'm hesitant to say that it would be good or well used in women's football. The reason why is because, again, the longevity of the teams and, and looking outward in the future. Um, but 
also um, women's football as a business is not so sophisticated as that that valuation would be accurate for an organization. So I hope that kind of gives you guys some ideas of ways to value your business. Um, asset valuation, sales multiples, earnings multiples. Now, non-financial considerations also have to come into play, right? Uh, the image of the team, the outsourcing, the, the different things, um, the influence that it has in the community, various elements actually go into valuing the business. Now, why are we talking about this? Why does it matter what your business is worth? Okay. The thing in women's football is that we continuously have teams splitting off, splitting off, splitting off, and other teams um, allow it to happen, are okay with it happening, um, and don't realize that that splitting of a team is on the on the picture side or the visual side is just creating more teams, right? It's not. It's actually sucking or, or devaluing the team that it came from and then making that area less susceptible to follow women's football because now they're confused. Now they don't know what's happening. Um, and, and even when a team splits off and creates a new name or a new concept, it's devaluing the team that it left and it's devaluing itself. I understand, you know, leagues need teams, right? We get that. Leagues need teams. But it's important to understand that when a team comes into an area, it significantly hurts the team that's already there. There's a certain following that say everybody should be able to play football. You know, it's a, it's an opportunity for everybody. And what while I wish that were true, because I I wished every woman had the opportunity to play football, right? It is not true. It's like saying everybody should be able to um, get a certification to be an accountant. Whether they have the experience, the education, the knowledge, or whatever, they should be able to do it. They should be able to do it if they want to do the research, the education, the, the experience, and the testing to be an accountant. Women's football, there's no testing. There's no, there's no um, requirements or guidelines except for paying the, the fees to be in the league. So my goal is to um, educate and get the team owners coaches, players, and staff to understand the significance of women's football and why everyone does not deserve to own a women's football team. Okay? With that being said, there are some teams that either no longer fit within the model of that particular league that they do not play in that league. Um, I feel that it's very, very important for people to, people that are interested in owning a women's football team, you owe it to yourself, you owe it to the community, and you owe it to your players to research what is going on in women's football, why it is going that way, and see if it's an industry that you can handle. I'll tell you, um, I talked to a lot of people about women's football and uh, 2019, it's still like we're in the wild, wild west. Sneaking, hiding, cheating, lying. It, it's unacceptable in women's football. It can't be happening. Uh, we need to build a strong quality product to show to the community um, that so that we can grow women's football. We need to grow women's football not pull from other teams. If, if one team has 50 players and we 
pull them to another league and split them to 25 and 25, how does that help any team? It doesn't. It doesn't empower women. It doesn't create a good product. It doesn't help either of the teams at all. Why don't people, why don't we just ride this thing out? Let's see how women's football goes. Yeah, the reason why people split off is because they don't like what the other team is doing. Now, let's talk about this. There are some teams that legitimately the ownership now or then was not good and therefore the new team is the legitimate ethical powerful team what however you want to say it right so that would mean that the original team was not doing their stuff properly and therefore the new team is the better uh, team that people actually want to work with I get that that takes research, that takes learning what was going on in the first team to know who's in the right, who's in the wrong, which team should be playing football, right? Now that there's, but there's the opposite going on too. There's a good team that people don't like how they do things or don't like that there's a player fee or don't like that practices is on Thursday or don't like it that we have to actually go to practice, whatever it is. Team A is the good team. Team A is the team that's legitimate and ethical. But because they don't want to follow the rules, a team B is created. Not good. So again, that also takes the time of weeding out, learning what the teams did, who was doing what. Was there any embezzlement? Was there any lying? Was there any cheating? Was there any sneaking? Was there any theft, etc.? to determine which team, A or B, is the one that should be playing football. So with that being said, the people that follow whichever the bad team is or whichever the unethical team is, what happens to those players that really believed in that team and believed that they were doing something good? I don't know. I don't know if those players get to play. I don't know if those players um, can see through the splitting and those kind of things? I don't know. But our our understanding should be that each of these teams, these 65 teams in the WFA, have a value. One team may have a $100,000 value. Another team may have $4,000 value. But we need to understand that women's football teams have a value. And we need to stop devaluing them and lowering and lowering their value by doing things that devalue them. With that being said, I've just talked, talked, talked on and on and on. Um, so we went over week five scores. I talked to you about what happened to our logo briefly. And then um, we talked about how much your women's football team is worth. I hope you guys take the time to listen to these like on the way to work. Um, you know, 15 minutes here, 15 minutes there to get all the information been doing these episodes for over a year so that means that there's at least 50 some F episodes sometimes I reiterate and add uh, depth to things that we talked about before um, I'm getting ready so starting with our next episode 1918 I'm getting ready to do a three-part series um, I'm going to talk about week six scores week seven and week eight right so those are uh, the basic things that I do on the each week. But my topics are going to be pretty deep. And the reason why is I take women's football very seriously. I don't like the bullshit. I don't like the crap, whatever you want to call it. I don't know if I can even cuss on the show. I mean, I don't know if BJ is going to get mad at me or if there's some problems with it, but um, I... I uh, I see some things in women's football that 10 years ago existed. We come fast forward 10 years and there it's still happening. It's shit. I left women's football for a period of time because my husband's job was relocated. Um, we did not like that we had to do that. We actually gave the teams 
to the players. Um, for those of you that don't know, um, we owned the Lone Star Mustangs. We then expanded and we owned the Lone Star Mustangs, the Little Rock Wildcats that are now the Arkansas Wildcats, and the Tulsa Threat, which was the Tulsa Eagles. Okay. Uh, my husband was relocated. We didn't want to pick and choose which teams we couldn't could not do. So we gave some teams to players. Other players uh, bought them. Other players decided to close the team. Whatever. With that being said, we were very successful in women's football. We were gone for several years. We came back. And a lot of things in women's football are exactly the same, are, are identical to what they were 10 years ago. I'm going to change that. Um, I believe in women's football. I have a passion for women's football. Um, I look at it as uh, my child, another one of my kids. Um, I won't, uh, you know, no child left behind, I guess you could say. Um, I am passionate about women's football. I get very irritated when people do things negatively in women's football. Um, and some people are doing things in women's football negatively. And they don't even know it. Um, so I am, uh, my goal is to get out there and expand the knowledge of these team owners, coaches, players, and staff um, so that they can have huge success each week in women's football. I thank you guys for listening to the show. You can contact me any which way you want uh, through Facebook Messenger, through email, through website, wherever you want to reach me. Um, I have about seven different ways to do that. Or you can call me direct on my cell phone. Um, if you call my business phone number, it goes straight to my cell phone if I'm not in the office. Um, but if you have any questions about women's football, um, I will either answer them or I will find the answer for you. Okay. Really appreciate your time again. Listen to the shows uh, um, in, the, in the car, on the way to work, at lunchtime. Um, we're getting ready to delve deep into women's football, and um, hopefully our next step is to create more success business by business. You guys have a great week. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.